0: We are studying tonight the 10th chapter of Yechot Ishut, And this chapter is going to change topics. Until now, we've been talking about Kiddushin, which we said is also called Erusin. And that's the first stage of a man marrying a woman under Halakha. And after this stage of Erusin or Kiddushin, there is a further stage which is called Nisuin. And that is what this chapter begins talking about. Now, a few introductory notes about Erusin and, uh, and Nisuin. So erusin, the effect that erusin have the kiddushin is that the woman becomes mekudeshet, and the woman becomes exclusive to the groom that did Kiddushin with respect to her. That's it. That's the only that's the only uh, effect that it has from a practical standpoint. The woman still lives in normally in in, in the house of her father. The husband lives in his own house and they are sort of like what you'd call today engaged. It's a much deeper form of engagement, much more consequential in the sense that if they want to rupture this relationship, they need a get. But nonetheless, they are not yet uh, fully living haye ishut. They are not yet living together in the same house. And the husband is not yet uh, providing for her even. For this comes the latter stage, which is called Nisuin. And this is Mide Rabbanan, midoraita, you'd only need Kiddushin, but Mide Rabbanan, forbade that the husband live together with the wife until they go through this ceremony, this process of Nisuin, which has a few consequences. First and foremost, uh, at the moment that the husband does the Nisuin, he's the one who becomes responsible for this girl. It's no longer the father. She goes from being provided for by her family, by her father, and she's taken on by the husband. And these responsibilities are Min It's She'erah Kisutah onataz. we are going to say in the following chapters. In addition, in the ceremony of Nisuin, there is also a Ketubah. A Ketubah, as we are going to see, is some sort of an insurance that the husband gives to the wife, and the ketubah pretty much says, this is an insurance that you have. So long as we are married, this has no effect. But if we stop being married, either because I divorce you or because I die, this is the amount that this uh, insurance covers. And you'll get this amount. And you'll get this amount, you'll have fr- first priority over anyone, that, anyone that, uh, that, that I might owe anything to. Uh, and obviously, the, the other practical, the other practical implication of nisuim is that they can start living together and have marital relations, which is not permitted before nisuim. So The Arusa, the woman who did have kiddushin but no nisuim yet, she's called Arusa. She's forbidden to be with her husband This is midrabanan. So long as she's living, still she's under the the the, the providence of her father. The Habal and someone who has marital relations with his Arusa while she is Bevet Hamiv doesn't mean necessarily inside the home, inside the house of Hamib, but it means rather being provided for by, by his father-in-law, by her father. Makino Tomakat Mardut. He receives uh, discretionary lashes. And Hakamim wanted that the so to speak, the right of marital relations come together with the responsibility of providing for the girl. Uh, they, they really made a point of linking these two together and you cannot you cannot uh, take advantage of this right of marital relations unless you also assume the responsibilities of providing a house for her and and so on and so forth. And even if the kiddushin were made through marital relations, which is one of the ways by which kiddushin can be made, it's forbidden for him to be together with her again while she is under the providence of her father. Until he actually brings her into his own home, and they are secluded, they, they have a private moment together that is witnessed by people, that, they, that it's witnessed that the girl and the guy are together alone in the house, that's all that needs to be witnessed. And that way, it's become evident for the world that they now are a couple. And this kind of union, this kind of private seclusion that the groom and the bride have is what's called the chuppah, chuppah has nothing to do with what we do today, which is the four poles and whatever you put on top of that. Halakhically speaking, that is totally meaningless. It's just a, a nice custom it looks nice, it's a canopy, I, I don't know where it comes from, might have pagan roots, but this is not what kenisalachupa means. Kenisalachupa means that the groom takes a bride into his own home, uh, into a secluded place, and and he she goes into the privacy of that home as witnessed by, by others, and to the public the statement is, now she's under his protection, she's under his providence and uh, and uh and they are husband and wife. The one this is what this is what's called And once they they come into the, this home, the moment they start being together, there is a process in, in the being together, the beginning of the intimate act called the moment that that happens, this is uh, this culminates, this consummates the marriage, she is now called and now they do, they are husband and wife for all intents and purposes. Not only if they actually had an intimate act in marital relations but even if she just comes into the house and they seclude themselves in a way that presumably plausibly they could have been together they don't need to be together but they could be together so that possibility Mm -hmm. of potentially being together is enough uh, for also uh, deeming this marriage consummated and that and she they are fully husband and wife and also from the moment that they have this this moment of seclusion she is called even if there was no actual intimate act there is one proviso and this is provided that at that moment they could in fact have been together what does it mean they could in fact have been together avali for example if she was impure if she was even if they had this moment of seclusion and privacy and there was Yehud, uh, the Nisuim are not complete because there was no possibility of Bia. You don't need to have Bia, but you have to have the possibility of Bia. Now, again, Hupa is not this canopy, Hupa is the house of the Hatan. So the way this would work. The wedding is that normally one one of the families, normally the father's family, the the husband's uh, father would get a house for the groom, or the groom himself would have a house. That's the house to to which he'd bring his newly his newly wedded bride, and in that house they'd also have they'd also have a um, a party, and that party was prepared for a very long time. There was no catering halls or catering services back in the day. So just to age wine, sometimes you needed a full year just to procure the ingredients and prepare a party. It was really a, a, a was probably a much smaller scale event than our weddings today, but it was a huge, a tremendous undertaking and effort. So in the Bet Hatanin, before the husband and the wife go to a secluded area at the eyes of witnesses. There's a a few berachot that are said. There there are six berachot, that's what we call sheva berachot, because of bitkata gefen, as you'll see afterwards. And I'm going to read them, pay attention, they are not identical to what we say, although they are substantially similar. The first one is, Blessing you are Hashem, our Lord, the Eternal King, that everything was created, or that the One who created everything, to his glory, or for, for his glory. Baruch atah Hashem Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Adam. the second one is, Blessing you are Hashem, our Lord, the Eternal King, the one who creates man. So you see a certain progression here. First is the creation of everything, then is the creation of man. And now we're going to further go on in, in the timeline of, of what happened in Parashat Bereshit. Baruch atah Hashem Melech Blessing you are, Hashem, our Lord, the eternal King. <speaking in Hebrew> that the one who formed man with his Selem, and his Tavnit, the Tavnit of man, was made with Selem Demut, was embedded with something that is and Demut. I'm not going to go into Selem Demut. You, you'd have to go to Morea Nebuchim, and uh, it's a pretty complex chapter, although it's the first and the second one as well deals with this. And from it, and I'm going to, to explain from it, in other words, from the tavnit of man, from the tavnit of man, God provided binyan adead provided a, a, a an everlasting an everlasting um, construction or an everlasting um uh, And everlasting continuity, that's what Binyan Aliad means. And I would translate this to mean that there is something special in the human DNA that on the one hand, this human DNA somehow was endowed by God with Selem Elohim. And this is in our Tavnit, this is in our biological makeup. Our biological makeup has something that relates to Selem Elohim. And this same biological makeup has yet another characteristic, and that is that it can multiply, it can procreate, and pass down this Selem Elohim, this same DNA, the same biological makeup, um, almost forever, indefinitely, through these unions like the one that we are witnessing right now, which is the wedding. So there is something very special about mankind. We are a very advanced species, and not only that, it wasn't, it wasn't a singularity that there was just Adam Arishon never to be repeated again. But no, within Adam Arishon, Hashem created the potential for procreating and giving birth to Shet, giving birth to Enosh, and so on and so forth, Avram Avinu, and then we ourselves here today. Baruch Hashem, Yosher HaAdam. Blessing you are, Hashem. The one who forms men. So, this is the second time we say Yoser Hadam. We had Baruch Hatash Melokeh Numelcholam Yoser Hadam, and now we have a, th- a fourth, Beracha, a third Beracha, sorry, specifying what this Yoser Hadam means. Beracha number four, Sostasis v'tagil baneha I think has a, a flavor of being post hurban because it, it talks about Yerushalayim receiving back her children. So, we are talking about a time at which Yerushalayim did not have her children, Sostasis, she will rejoice betaghel, and will celebrate Akara. The, akara has two meanings. On the one hand, it means uh, the, the barren one, the one that has no children, but also Akara means the one that is the basis, the one that, that is the the, 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 the basis, the, the foundation of the family. As her sons gather into her, with happiness, baruchat Hashem. blessing your Hashem, is simeyach bevaneha, the one who makes Sion happy with her children. Number five, baruch simeyach te re'imahuvim, you happy shall you make happy re'imahuvim, the the dear ones, the loved ones, kezamehachayesirechalek, you made made happy the one that you formed, mikeden began aiden, back then. In Gan Aiden, namely Adam HaRishon, Baruch Hashem, Blessing You Are Hashem, Mesameach Amo, Uvonei Yerushalayim, Notice how this is different than the Girsah that we have today. Um, but the Girsah of Harambam is Mesameach Ammo, the one who makes his nation happy. And built Yerushalayim. So notice again how we are further and further focusing. So we started by the creation of the world, then we went to Adam Arishon, then we went to Adam Arishon's ability to procreate, then we went to Zion, uh, Yerushalayim, something special that was chosen by HaKadosh Baruch and then we go to um, the happiness that we get when we are back in Yerushalayim. Baruch Atah Hashem Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, blessing you are Hashem, our Lord, the Eternal King, the one who created rejoicement and happiness, a groom and a bride, gila um, gila literally means uh, uh, gil is when people turn around dancing, rina is when people sing, ahava, ahava, ahava is uh, love, ahava is uh, companionship, shalom, peace v'raot, and endearment, Mehera, and now we 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 instead of doing Shevach, now we go a little bit to Bakasha and We ask Hashem, Mehera, uh, Hashem Eloheinu, fast, Hashem our Lord. Yehuda, let it be heard from the cities of Yehuda, not Be'areh as we have today, but Me'areh, from the cities of Yehuda, from the outskirts of Yerushalayim, Kol Sason veKol Simcha. A sound of rejoicing, a sound of happiness. Kol hatan kol a sound of a groom, a sound of a bride. Kol mishalot hatanim the sound of the of the festivities of of the grooms from their party. Un min and the young and the youngsters from their uh, musical playing. Baruch blessing you Hashem. the one who brings happiness. Upon the groom together with the bride. <laughs> As we said before, uh, most things that have to do with praising Hashem or doing Kiddush or being happy about something are done under uh, on a cup of wine, like Birkat Hamazon. So these two, if you have wine, it's not mandatory but if you have wine, you should do all these six berachot over the wine, meaning that you have in total, So you have seven berachot. Some other places also bring hadas for boreh ase together with the wine. This is the custom in many if not most Sephardic communities today to also do besamim on, on top of the, when you say the berachot. And the Hadassah Besamim is said after Hagefen, and after saying uh, Hagefen and after saying Besamim, the six Berachot are said. And for this Birkot Hatanim, you do need a minyan, and in the minyan, the Hatan can be included. Gedolim means adults, horin means free men, but it also means specifically, horin means also males. So whenever you see a requirement for Minyan it says horin, and then you have someone tell you, ah, according to Harambam, it didn't specify it needs to be men or women, point out to them that the technical term horin means specifically and necessarily males. Women were not within the term horin. <clears throat> after someone did and then proceeded to do hatanim, but yet they have not gotten together in a secluded private place the Yehud in his own home She's still arusa. by the way how do we do what should we do in today's weddings where this is not the case and it's not being, we don't do it in in the house, in the home of the Hatan. So something that um, I did and something that uh, Mori Kafech recommends is talk to the catering hall and try to rent the Hedri Hud, whatever room that is going to be used for Hedri Hud, try to rent it Um, for a nominal amount or as part of the of the catering package so make it very clear that that room is going to be rented for you namely the hatan specifically and then when the hatan and the kalla go inside that room that yehud uh, could be considered it's not ideal but it's better than um, just a canopy which is absolutely meaningless for purposes of nisuin it is and khanas la khupa and lo sorry sorry sham bikat hatanim musan usani su'im illav kani because the berakhot don't have any effect it's just the actual bringing into the hood it is and khanas la khupa and lo bidakh birkat hatanim however the reverse if there was a hood but there was no berakhot she is fully in a su'a and not only that, but the berachot can be made several days thereafter. They don't need to be made before the, the nisuim. One thing that is it's important, according to Harambam, if the if the girl is niddah during the, the ceremony, even if they do the berachot, uh, uh, sorry, they should not do the Berachot, but regardless of whether they do or not the Berachot, the Nisuin will not, will not uh, be valid. So there needs to be some ceremony, hopefully with Berachot, after she's not Nida, where you have at least uh, at least two witnesses, witnessing the girl and the guy when she's not Nida, when there is a possibility of Bia going into seclusion, into a Ve'lotin in Naseh And it does should not have nisuim until she becomes tehora. Also, the berachot are not said until she becomes tehora. If, however, he did do this and he did do the berachot, he should not do the berachot afterwards. But the nisuim, as we said earlier, are not going to count. The hupai is not going to count, given that there is no possibility of bia. One thing about the berachot. As we mentioned earlier in Birkat Eru which is the first Beracha, which is Asher Kiddeshanu B'misvotah V'sivanu Ala Arayot, that Beracha is Birkat HaMisvot, is for the first stage, the Eru which back in the day used to happen way before the Niswaim. Today we do it on the same night. And that Beracha of Eru needs to be done by the Hatan himself. It's Birkat HaMisvot. You cannot have your friend say, Asher Kiddeshanu Lehaniach Tefilin on your behalf. These Berachot, however, the other six. And of course, Agafet, and of course, Besamim can be done by anyone. And Harambam in the says they can be given to the most respectable people or person in the, in the group. Halachazain, Zayin, as we mentioned, one of the elements of Nisui, is the Ketubah. Ketubah, Before the Yehud, there needs to be a Ketubah written. And only after the ketubah is there, the, the groom is permitted to be with his wife. Without the ketubah it forbade for the groom and the wife to be together. This is an expense that needs to be paid by the groom. And how much, how much money, to what amount should this ketubah policy be made? If she was Betula, Betula means virgin, the rationale being she was never married, and in part, it also means that she she's coming into this relationship dirt poor. She has no possessions of her own. <laughs> so at the bare minimum, there needs to be 200 dinarim. If this is not her first... Uh, Wedding, if she's gerusha, or she's um, she's almana, or she's ba'ula, for any whatever reason, the, the minimum is me dinar, is 100 The That's what's called the bare minimum, the aikar of the ketuban. The and there is no upper limit. If uh, the policy, if the groom wants to make it for uh, a, a full brick of gold, he's entitled to do so. and the the excess over this minimum amount and the minimum amount are for the most part, they have the same uh, they are equivalent in terms of how we treat them. Therefore, whenever we talk about ketubah and we don't say, we don't distinguish between the minimum and the excess, we are referring to both. And Hachamim were the ones that his policy in part to discourage the husband from divorcing his wife too easily because now he's on the hook for a certain sum of money if he divorces her. Now about the amount. When we talk about dinarim, 200 dinarim, we're not talking about the the actual pure gold dinar, which also was a kind of, of, of coin, but rather this relates to a, a, an era, an epoch where hachamim lived in times that were much poorer and the coins, the largest coin at that time, which was a dinar, was much cheaper than dinar zahav. And the dinar at that time, was was actually seven eighths made of Nehoshet, made of, of uh, bronze. The kesef, and only one out of eight was made of silver. hasizuz kesef. So the sela itself, the sela was half a zuz of kesef. And now listen to the conclusion: time dinar Therefore, the two hundred dinarim that the Betula gets are equivalent to Kesef 25 dinarim of kesef, and we'll see in a bit how much that is. And then the, 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 the 100 that Be'ula gets is 12 and a half dinarim. How much is each dinar? It's the equivalent of 96 uh, grains of of wheat, so the weight of 96 grains of wheat, take, uh, of barley, sorry, take 96 uh, kernels of barley, the equivalent of that weight is one dinar of kesef. So multiply that by 25, you get 200 dinar uh, for the betula. Multiply it by 12 and a half, you get 100 dinar for the eruvin. This is all, as we explained already in eruvin, in the first chapter of ala chayot bet. When we talk about dinar, this is the same as as zuz. Zuz and dinar are the same are the same coin. And the name is the same whether it applies to a coin that's made of silver, pure silver, or any other material that is circulating in each and every time. So dinar just refers to the size of the matbeah, not to the material but the Tekana the of Ketuba applied to a specific Dinar and we just defined it in terms of uh, the weight in the unit being kernels of barley. Halachatet. <laughs> en pochatin la betula can never get less than this minimum of 200 and the beula not less than 100. And if someone did not meet this minimum amount in the insurance, namely the ketubah, then the, the hachamim would deem that union, the intimate union between them as And there is no difference between writing a document on the ketubah or Memorializing, documenting this debt and this policy through uh, testimony. So you can do that as well. You can have you can have two witnesses accepting or validating that transaction through kinyan and uh, kinyan sudar, for example. And uh, and then and then that that binds that binds the man to this insurance policy, and this is enough for Ketubah for them to be permitted to be together. So too, if instead of the ketubah he, if instead of writing anything or if instead of having witnesses, he just gives her a security against which to secure the ketubah. So he says, look at that land that I have over there. Here, I'm doing kinyan to you, to that land, and that land is going to back my obligation to you that is contingent on the ketubah conditions. So this is enough for them to be together and then eventually in either of the cases where there wasn't a written document when there is the possibility of writing they go ahead and write it if after the wedding after the 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 nisuin kones nose and uh, and um, konesen oser are the same, and Makhnis HaKopah are the same. So if after this, uh, either there is no ketubah in place, there was never a ketubah, or there was one and got lost, or she, she forgave the ketubah to her husband, or she sold it to him, whatever it is, there is a continuing obligation for that insurance policy to be in place, so then the husband is going to have to write a new ketubah to his wife, if he wants to stay with her, because it's forbidden for a husband to be with his wife, even one moment without having a ketubah in existence. Just to mention, so ketubah can also be uh, the fact that there is two witnesses that witness that obligation. Until that is written, that can be enough. So I'd say in this uh, in in this case where, where it got lost, if there were also witnesses that witnessed the act of the ketubah, that might be enough until a new ketubah is written. There's something that they used to do back in the day, and that is, these were transferable, and the policy could, could be transferred by the woman to somebody else, to a third party. So she would go to her very rich uncle or something and say, Listen, I'm, I'm on a bind, I need money. Uh, my husband is on a trip, I really need money. I, I don't have anything, I have my ketubah. How about? I give you my ketubah for you to collect on it in the event my husband dies or divorces me. And in exchange for that, you pay me right now 70% of the amount of the ketubah or whatever that might be. That's called moheret betovat hanaya. If she did that, and then the husband comes back and and they are without the ketubah, uh, that's fine because the ketubah still exists. She, she's, she just sold... The, the money, the contingent money that she'd get after getting the ketubah. And, and, uh, and the husband still has, it's mostly, we mostly look not at, at how much money the woman stands to receive, which in this case is nothing, but we look at how much money the husband stands to lose if he divorces her, because again, the main reason for the ketubah is to prevent the husband from, from having an easy time divorcing his wife. And in this case, if the husband ends up divorcing his wife, he would still stand to pay the same exact amount to the third party as if she had never sold it. After Erusin and after Ketuba, without Khupah, this is equals Arusah, does not equal Neswa. Because the ketubah, although it's necessary for being together, it's not what's going to affect the Niswim. And if he dies or divorces her, then if the ketubah was made for much more than the minimum, if they are still not Niswim then she only gets the ikar from benehorim from, uh, f- from uh, assets that don't have any security attached to them. She cannot go and attach assets that are already secured for other debts. And, uh, and the tosefet she doesn't get at all. So this is one instance in which the tosefet and the ketubah and the minimum are different. because they they weren't fully married. However, if they have rusin and he did not write a Ketuba, and then he died, or he divorced her, and she's still Arusa, she she never became Nesua, she doesn't get anything in return. She doesn't get any Ketuba, even the minimum amount because the the uh, the, the, the ikar that uh, established as a minimum was only for purposes of nisuim, not for uh, kiddushin. It's not self-executing. He needs to actually write them, or at least to be nasui. And one more thing, when if the father is the one who is me'ades his daughter, and we are going to see in the next halachot how this exactly worked, it's not as backward as for us modern people this might sound. It's it's not modern either, but it's it's pretty advanced compared to say Arab countries. So if, if a father marries his daughter off, and then the me'ades did write her a ketubah, but they 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 didn't have any and then he divorces her or he dies, so she's getting the ketubah, but because she's still under the, 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 the providence of, his, of her father, her father is the one who is going to receive that amount, as we said already in Perekimal. Now we switch to a slightly different subject in this coming halachot, very halacha another tekanav hachamim about nisuin. It's not only erusin, but there is a whole process afterwards. Chachamim established that a person who is marrying a betula, a girl who is getting married and being together with a man for the first time, uh, he needs to take seven days off. He cannot go to work. He cannot do anything but celebrate, be in a celebratory mood, drinking and eating and being happy, whether it's his first wife or not, it doesn't matter. But if she's marrying for the first time, that's when hachamim did this for her, not for him. <speaking in Hebrew> it's not her first time, and <speaking in Hebrew> at the very least three days, שתקנת חכמים היא לבנות ישראל שיהיה שמח עם בטולה שבעת ימים, ועם הבעולה שרושה ימים, because חכמים established that for the בטולות, at the very minimum there needs to be seven days, and for the בעולות at least three days. בן בחור, בן אלמון, despite, regardless of the status of the husband. It's for the girl, it's not for the guy. חלחה יוד גימל, יש לו לאדם ליסה נשים רבות כאחד ביום אחד, a person might marry several women together within the same day. In other words, he can have the Nisuin, the second stage, several women at the same time, just like he can do Kiddushin, serve several women at the same time. And he'll do one set of Berachot for all of them together. However, for the celebration of the seven days, this obligation attaches separately for each of them, and you cannot combine. Um, as we are going to say in the conclusion of this of this uh of this paragraph, shiva <inaudible> betula gets seven days for each of them, be'ula <inaudible> three days for each of them. <inaudible> That's this famous phrase everyone knows. We may not mix together simha with simha. This is said at least in two contexts. One is in not combining. The Simchat Nisuin for more than one girl at the same time, just like Yaakov Avinu did with Leah and Rachel. By the way, uh, Lavan told him finish celebrating seven days with Leah and then you'll get married to Rachel. That's what he did. And the next one, is the next alacha. When can erusin be done? The kiddushin. Kiddushin can be done any day, even Tish Abeav, Ben Bayom, Ben Balayla, day, night, it doesn't matter. This is something that it's in the public interest that happens as soon as possible. We do want to encourage uh, Kiddushin um, as soon as the, the possibility, the, the circumstances permit it. Aval en no Nashim, lo Erev Shabbat, velobe be'had Shabbat. However, for the nisuin part, it's forbidden to have nisuin, have a wedding ceremony, on Friday, Friday during the day, or Sundays, because this might cause hilul Shabbat. It's way too close to the Shabbat, and the preparations of the seudah might cause that either the seudah lasts too long into Shabbat or that the seudah is started to be prepared while it is still Shabbat. And of course, it's forbidden to get married on Shabbat itself, and even on Holam Moed, it's forbidden to get married. As we said in Shabbat Yom Tov Perik Zain, Halachat Zain, lefishe The same concept applied once again. We don't want to mix the simcha of Yom Tov or Holam Moed with the simcha of uh, nisuin. Shene emar as it is said, the pasuk that I just cited before, just finish this week first, and only after I'll give you the second daughter. And then the other days, is permissible to get married, to have this Kiddush, the Nisuin part any day. Nisuim On the condition that, he also reserves at least three days prior to the Seudah, uh, three days of preparations. So at the very least, the Seudah needs to prepare with three days of anticipation. Halachat Ettav, very famous Gemara uh, in Ketubot, "Makom she'en bedin yoshavin bo ella Beshniu u'bachamishi bilvad betulani set beyom ravi'i." Uh, Betula, a girl who is getting married for the first time, and she's Betula, she should get married on a Wednesday if that place is a place where there is only Bedin sessions on Mondays and Thursdays. Because if he has Ta'anat Betulim, which means he has some physiological evidence that shows that while the girl was uh, Mekudeshet, but not Nesuah, she was with somebody else. So this is something that is to be resolved in the Beddin, and it needs to be resolved as soon as possible. And therefore we want the Nesuim to happen uh, the day before the Beddin is in session, just in case. And Chachamim established another Minhag, another tradition that when a girl is getting married, not for the first time, uh, the 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 nisuin should be on a Thursday. Why is that? shabbat This is for the girls' sake. Hamim said, okay, that we established that people have to take three days off. But you know, a lot of people are not going to take three days off. So let's say that everyone should get married on a Thursday, and therefore they'll bridge the weekend. They'll have Thursday, Friday, Shabbat, and as as uh as an effect of that she's going to end up having three days of celebrations and then he'll only go to work starting on sunday this is all very interesting and again it shows you how the timing used to work between El-Sin and kiddushin and how the timing used to work when someone married someone who wasn't wasn't yet a, a young lady who was still a girl uh, it's uh, as we said before, it's not right to do so. This But if this was done, this halacha kicks in. When a father gets his daughter, who is a minor, married, uh, in other words, only Kiddushin, and then the husband comes and, and says, uh, okay, okay, let's do the niswim. Can we do the party and can I can I take her home with me? She, the girl and her father, either of them has a veto right and say and say, uh, no, I, I I'm not ready yet. nara uh, until she grows up and she experiences puberty. This is a protection for prepubescent girls not to have to get married. Again, very progressive with respect to uh, especially with their times but also with respect to even our modern times in some countries in, in the Middle East. كونس, if they both want the father and the girl, then he is allowed to take her uh, to take her home even before she becomes a Neara. Just a reminder, Neara is not necessarily 12 years of age. It can only start at 12 years of age but it can be any time between 12 and 35. And Ara could be 32 years old, for all we know. And as Rambam said already in Perek it's not appropriate. It's not appropriate to get married with a girl who is not yet ready to have children. Let's say that they had the Kiddushin, and several years have passed already. And the husband already wants to take her home. And she already started being in ara. Let's say she's 17 and she has all the, the puberty signs that we mentioned in Perek in, Pet. Uh, so from the moment that the husband asks to bring her in and she's in Neara still, she's still in the first six months reaching all of those puberty milestones she gets not, she gets 12 months from that moment to get ready to the idea and to get ready in a practical manner for the Niswim. and he doesn't have the right to bring her into his house or to demand that she comes into his house before these 12 months have passed to take care of herself to to, to arrange her affairs in any way she needs. And only after these 12 months, she actually goes and joins her husband in their new home. If he goes and requests that she that she joins him and, and that they have the nisuim, after she is bogeret, bogeret again means either that she reached 35 years of age, or she's ailonit at the age of 20, or after the age of 12, she has had um, she has had all the puberty signs and six months have passed from that moment. So at the very, 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 very least 12 and a half. That's Bogeret. So he did kiddushi, he, he, he he's tobea, this girl after she's Bogeret, let's say she's already 20 and she's Bogeret, not nim asar then she gets a grace period of 12 months from the moment that she be, became bogeret. So if she became bogeret, um, if she became bogeret uh, uh, two months ago, she gets uh, she gets 10 more months. And this is even if the Kiddushin happened on the day she became bogeret, she also will get 12 months. So at the very least you'll get 12 months and this is uh, roughly the time that it would normally take between uh, Kiddushin and nisuin. Today it's just a few minutes. We do everything in the same wedding hall, but back in the day there was around 12 months. bagra. if the Kiddushin happened after she became if she had 12 months of Bagrut and only then she was Mekudesh. So let's say she became bohered at the age of 17, and now 12 months have passed and now she's 18. And then she she got married. So all she gets is a grace period of 30 days and after the Elusin, the husband is entitled to demand the that they do an swim, 30 days after the kidushin. In other words, every girl is going to get at the very least 12 months of of being bogeret. And then in addition to that, at least 30 days from the moment of the Kiddushin until the Nisuin. also if the girl is not which by definition is la yom she gets 30 days from the day of the Tevi'ah, not more than that. Just like when the husband is the one demanding that they do a the girl gets some time as a grace period before she actually has to agree to to, to do the nisuin. So too the guy has time after the girl demands, honey, let's go and, and do the wedding hall already. He has some time He's entitled to have some time to get ready, to prepare. How much time? same amount of time that she gets. If in her situation she would have gotten 12 months, he gets 12 months. If, he would have gotten, if she would have gotten 30 days, he also gets 30 days. Last of the chapter, he the ish, if the time has come that that the that the guy had. And he did not marry her yet. So the girl asked her, asked him, uh, let's get married. And he had 30 days to, to arrange for the wedding. And he didn't do so. 30 days have passed and he still has not done the niswim, brought her into his home. <sighs> One thing that does kick in is he starts being being responsible for her sustenance even though they are not living together, he's responsible for her allowance and for her measure, as we are going to see what that means in the following chapters. But we only start from the day that is the first day upon which or on which they could have done the swim So if the thirtieth day happens to be a Friday or a Shabbat or a Sunday, they couldn't have done the Nisuin even if you wanted to, so we only start from Monday making him responsible for her Mizanot. Also, if he was sick or she was sick or she the if she's Nida at that time, the obligation to give mizanot doesn't begin because they couldn't have gotten married Nisuin at that time because she couldn't have gotten married until she becomes sehora or until she's she's healthy. Also he could not have gotten married until he becomes healthy. So with this, we finish this halachot. And I think it's very interesting to always understand that there is these two concepts, Kiddushin and Nisuin. And back in the day, they used to take place at the very least 30 days apart from one another. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.